have a role in Our Lady's Triumph. An interview with Kevin Rorty by David Rodriguez. This is the third and final pilot episode in this as yet unnamed series. We invite you to email us your suggested titles. Today, Kevin sets a new standard for what it means to be Catholic, insisting we must all strive for an intimate life with Christ. Do you have the motivation and the drive to resist temptation in our darkened world? Do you know your purpose in God's plan? Praise be Jesus and Mary. I'm David Rodriguez, content director for the Fatima Center. And this is now our third episode in this series with our special guest, Mr. Kevin Rorty, CEO of SOCA, Souls of the Christian Apostolate. Once again, Kevin, I thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and help teach us more about the interior life formation and all these other fantastic things we've been talking about. Welcome. Hey, gracias. Thanks, David. Let's go ahead and start with a prayer. We'll again use one of the ones that the angel of Fatima taught the three shepherd children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I adore thee profoundly, and I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference with which he himself is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart, and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's one of my favorite prayers. Our family actually prays it every day at the end of the rosary, and I've taught my children to pray it at the moment that the priest elevates the chalice. You know, those are just some of the little ways that I'm trying to form my children in this spirit hmm. of the message of Fatima and its connection. We've been talking about the interior life. Yeah. What were you going to say, sir? Yeah, well, that, that just reminds me of one quick story on the topic of kids and the interior life. So I was recently out visiting a, a friend and another friend, both of whom are fathers. And one of them said, he told me the story most beautiful moment of his life up to this point, he said. He said he saw his three-year-old daughter on her own. She didn't know he was watching her, and she hurt herself. And I think she began, she might have begun to start crying. And then she stops, and he goes, Jesus, I offer this up to you. You know, she offered it up. And he said that was one of the most beautiful moments of his life because he knew that his daughter had, she was already being instilled with this deep sense of the faith. Like that, that's the manifestation of an interior life begun already in a small child. So I think that that, like what you're talking about, having children, you know, think about these things. It's very profound, but they, they have a certain sense that it can be woken in them. Sure. And I mean, that's so important because you see it, I think, in children as a father. I mean, that you get many blessings from God being a father, seeing your kids pick up on these things. Uh, you know, obviously we pray the family rosary every night. And so it's really neat when you see right now my little boy, he's only four. And so he's gotten the Hail Mary down, you know, not quite, but it's beautiful to see him just try to pray and to even sort of like start talking to God during the rosary about things that he needs or helping mom or helping daddy or whatever it is that he's coming up. It really does. It sort of brings tears to your eyes to see that your son, your children, your daughters are learning, are being formed so that they will communicate with God. And 
I mean, as I see it, that's kind of, I mean, what is the goal of your apostle, soul, the soul of the Christian apostle? What's the goal of this? Because I think it's very connected. We just started talking about it here sort of spontaneously about our kids. Yeah, I mean, the goal is to bring about the kingship of Christ's society through a radical transformation of Catholic formation that that individual Catholics, an army of elite Catholics, have a living faith. That that's, that's the new standard in the church. We want to bring about a new standard of what it means to be Catholic. That it means to have a living, intimate life with Christ that you're willing to die for. That this, this is an overwhelming force in your life. That's the vision that we're aiming for. And everything we can do to bring about it, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Wow. So sort of like creating Mary's shock troops with this battle terminology, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a powerful and a great image. At least, I mean, for men, it certainly is. I think that you know, you you've got to be strong and you've got to have the weapons and the armament to go into battle and take that blow from the enemy. And so, maybe that already answers this question, or maybe a little bit more in terms of how would you, I mean, just to be blunt, how would you sell this series to someone? Why should someone come and watch these series of talks that you're going to be helping us with regarding the the interior life? Well, I would ask the question, where do you get your formation? And what does formation entail to you? Does it entail watching a bunch of videos? Does it entail learning a bunch of things? Or does it entail tying what you learn into practice? Do you know what your life is supposed to look like as a Catholic? Do you know what it would look like to become a saint? Do you know how to have an interior life, what the nature of the interior life is? The wisdom of the saints. Do you have time to go read 10,000 hours of books? Or do you want to get a synthesis of the most essential points of it all on especially the spiritual life, but also tying it in with tradition, tying it in with family and culture, and tying it in with the social kingship of Christ, which is the apostolate and the social teachings of the church tied together. And then not only that, but having it presented in a way that shows its concrete meaning, meaning there's connection between the theory and action in your life, that it gives meaning to your life, uh, to see that you're in a context of a war, of a war that's going on, and you have a significant role to play in that, and what you do on a day-to-day basis matters. We're not stuck in a vacuum that has no significance. We're not nihilists. Every little thing has is a huge opportunity for an increase in grace in your own soul, which means there's an awesome opportunity for grace to be disseminated to other souls. And so you're going to be able to see this all come together for a concrete vision for your life. What you're trying to do is inspire that and give concrete, practical ways to live it out. So I'd say, well, where can you get that, you know, in a holistic fashion? That's what we're aiming to do, tie that big picture down to very concrete, like small habits, like, did you get up on time today? You know, like that kind of stuff, it all ties together. And so uh, that's why I'd say, look, I think this could be beneficial for any Catholic beginning or, or advanced to get these practical fundamentals down. Sure. And I think uh, another point you hit on that I think is so important is we have got to be aware. I hope everyone watching this is aware we are in a war. I mean, we've always been in a war. This life is a spiritual combat. That goes through all the church fathers and all of our tradition and you know, all the doctors of the church and the saints talk about that. But in many ways, it's sort of like so much more in your face now. Uh, I think you really got to have your head stuck in the sand, filled with lazy, apathetic acedia, you know, spiritual slothfulness. If, if you're not aware of the fact that we are in a war and we're at the point where natural law is being attacked, it's bad. I mean, we've seen that and everything's happened this last couple of years, for example. And our world is really being turned upside down, which, you know, this concept of being in a war really even connects us, I think, very well with the message that Our Lady of Fatima brought, because she came to warn us about these things, that things were only going to get worse, and obviously the opposite of war is peace, that's what she promises, but 
but we have to obey her and we have to follow her. So how do you, you know, the million dollar question for me would be, how do you also see this show connecting in with the message of Our Lady Fatima? We started touching on that last time, but maybe we can delve into a little bit more right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would in a way say that, like, what we do is to, we're trying to fit what we do within within Fatima because Fatima is giving us the, the blueprint of understanding this. This has to be that the message is confirmed Catholics. We are soldiers of Christ, and a soldier has a mission. And Our Lady of Fatima is giving us a mission, which is there are souls who are falling into hell like snowflakes. We need to do prayer and penance and fight against these Marxist errors of Russia that are infiltrated have infiltrated our society and recognize what those are and recognize that this war isn't a vague, like us against the universe kind of thing. It's there are concrete ideologies that are being promulgated and pushed through in our society in a very methodical and in an intentional way. There are men who are trying to do this ultimately being inspired by Satan that's what we're up against. And they're trying to do it, and they've been effective. And if we sit around naive about that reality, we're going to get smothered. And we've been smothered because we haven't wanted to accept and, and, and look that, that reality square in the face. We need to be doing what we can to fight against that. But if we don't begin with our own formation, then it, it can't go anywhere, which is why beginning with prayer and penance, that's the most fundamental apostle. We have to start there. But then forming ourselves so that we can have a Catholic culture that is a strong fortress in this mass, this war. What I see too, is that we've got to jar people out of something. You know, first of all, I want to say, I really like the fact we have to, because it's divinely inspired that our ladies is errors of Russia. You've mentioned Marxism and you've mentioned communism. And obviously those are parts of the errors of Russia, but the errors of Russia, I think are so much more. And that's why our lady didn't choose, you know, it's not just what she says, it's what she doesn't say. She didn't say Marxism. She didn't even say atheism. Although, obviously, those are at the root. She picks a term that I think connects with a lot more other things, you know. So I trace many things. I, I, I'll trace, done in some talks, but like even the Protestant Revolution, certainly the Enlightenment, which is really the darkening, uh, you know, all the Freemasonic movement, which inspired the French Revolution, for example. Mm-hmm. All of that is sort of snowballing and like an avalanche building up into these areas of Russia. Russia sort of like uh, with the breakout of this atheist and communist revolution, wraps them all up together, sort of, you know, gives them even greater potency. Yeah. I think one of the big errors, and this goes back maybe to the first show you and I did, one of these errors of Russia is activism. The communists, they are all in, they're into this great activism, you know, doing a lot of stuff, and then they put the veneer of social do-goodism, and they're all woke, and, you know, these other terms that we're hearing about today. And I think part of the problem is that we have been so sucked into the errors of Russia that it's in the air you breathe, it's in like the water you drink. It's all around you. So you begin to see the world through a lens of these areas of Russia so that you don't even realize what you've got to fight because I think we're succumbing to a certain activism, right? If you're already thinking that activism is the way to go, you've got to maybe check yourself because that might be you already being susceptible to the areas of Russia, which is what I see all around me, even in the Catholic pews. Mm-hmm. And obviously a, a counter to that is the interior life is that life of prayer and penance, of intimate union with the sacred heart and the immaculate heart of our Lord and our Lady, the two hearts that beat as one, right? So would that also be another way that this program will really help us resist the errors of Russia that have so imbued our world? Yeah, that's that's a great point. I think it's, it's a whole way of thinking. And, and you're right, I sort of assumed that that's, with the errors of Russia, that's one of the main things that we all think about. But you're absolutely right. Freemasonic 
ideals and liberalism as a whole, you know, it all the, it's, it's just this perfect storm, so to speak, built up there that we're trying to have, instead of that worldview, a Catholic worldview. And the best disposition to have that begins and ends with the interior life. You know, I, I know a lot of people that would say, okay, well, I know the problems we have with masculine and femininity in our culture today. And marriage is under attack and tradition and reverent liturgy and so many things within and out of the church. And a lot of people think, oh, we did, if we just fix this, if we just fix that, you know, and I think if we just fix the interior life, all the other, it's like all the other dominoes are going to fall. If you get that, if you get that first, because that's going to be the, the proper disposition to hear everything else, the fertile soil to be formed on all these other topics. And not only that, if you're formed on all the other topics, but you don't get the one thing necessary, how much value is there in that? Like the, the amount of value is so much more diminished uh, if you don't have that one thing necessary. So when we, you know, in Soko, we, we believe if we go all in and we try to first aim for instead of just trying to keep people in the door, if we change the culture to like, look, if you're going to be Catholic, it's like all in, you know, the Marines, why are people drawn to the Marines? Because it's a challenge, you know, can you, are you up for it? Are you up for being a Catholic to be a disciple of Christ? And he calls us to perfection in Matthew 5, be ye perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And so if we, we want to raise the standard of what, like, what do you really mean when you say you're going to be Catholic and what are we calling people to? Is it just minimalism? Go to mass, hopefully once a week. Oh, sorry. Actually, for the last year, you haven't even had the obligation to go once a week. You can still call yourself a Catholic. You know, the, the bar has been set so low. But if we say, okay, we're going to raise it to a much higher standard, there's going to be a lot of fallout. A lot of people are going to fall out. But I think we need, there needs to be a certain necessary pruning. And to tie this all back to Fatima, it's important for those who say I'm going to be all in to not, just not have a despairing mindset. We have to believe in the message we give to people has to be, we can win this war through God's grace. God can win it. We can cooperate. We can be coadjutors, uh, cooperators with the mystical body of Christ and his mission. And we do that beginning with prayer and penance and believing that the immaculate heart will triumph is incredible hope for us. And it should be hope. We need to have that hope of the conquering of this reign of peace that were promised, but our Lord wants to work through through souls, and and that begins with our formation. Well, let me bounce this off of you too to see you know your take on this because I think this is where the show could really help. Another, I would say, major selling point. Obviously, we know that the message of Fatima is hopefully we know it's all about devotion to the Immaculate Heart. God is only going to give our world peace and salvation through her Immaculate Heart. It's His chosen means. This is His will. That would be another great topic, why he's chosen this. But in his divine will, this is the most perfect way. And he really wants to foster devotion to the Immaculate Heart all over the world. The two primary ways given to us at Fatima are going to be through that consecration of Russia. So that's a very sort of external political thing. It's done by the Pope in union with all the bishops of the world. And then also the First Saturday devotion, which Our Lady asks us to practice every First Saturday to do reparation to her Immaculate Heart. Because our Lord is so offended by the fact that we have blasphemed and sacrileged against her Immaculate Heart. So we've got this devotion, the Immaculate Heart. But going back to the consecration of Russia, because a lot of people zero in on that, I always get the question, you know, why hasn't it been done? Why all these popes? I mean, going back to 1929, Pope Pius XI didn't do it. We are closing in on 100 years that it hasn't been done and a whole series of popes that have failed. And one of the things that, you know, even Father Gruner used to say, and I buy this, you know, 100%, every grace has to be won. People don't think about this all the time, but graces have to be merited. We have to work hard and we have to win. Someone's got to pay the price for the graces you get. 
I mean, I often like to think maybe I got a certain grace because St. Jacinta or St. Francisco Marto offered up one of their little penances one day, you know, didn't eat food one day or didn't drink water one day, and they offered it up, and God then took that in his great mercy and applied it to me, you know. But somebody wanted the graces that I've got, and this is the greatest grace that God will ever give us, world peace and the flourishing of the Catholic Church in a way that we've never seen before, and the Immaculate Heart of Mary reigning, and the social kingship of Christ established. I mean, this is an amazing grace. So we've got a lot to merit. We've got a lot to merit. And it's not just about looking at the Pope and the bishops and what they are or are not doing. It's And this is where I think it's so important, where this show comes in. It's what do I do? I mean, I am a small person. I am only one person, but I can put my little grains of sand in that big, you know, divine measuring balance, if you will, that God has. I mean, God knows how much is going to have to be merited before he unleashes the grace for the Pope in union with the bishops to consecrate Russia. And so all of us have got to be putting in a little bit of effort and meriting as many graces as we can so that finally the world as a whole gets the grace. But if I don't develop the interior life, if you don't develop it, if the people watching these shows are more worried about, yeah, doing the, I don't know, like you say, just, just tweeting something out or just hearing something or getting angry or just reading the news instead of developing the insurance. Those things aren't going to win us graces per se. But isn't that what this show is then going to be about, to help us gain these graces that we need for the consecration of Russia? Absolutely, and I think that that's exactly the question that people need to ask is, do you see your life as part of this mission to merit these graces for Our Lady, or for the Immaculate Heart's Triumph? Is your life on that mission? Do you see your life as a part of this monumental task? I sometimes wonder, like, do you struggle with having a sense of purpose, having a sense of drive? Do you have enough motivation even to resist the darkest temptations that you have? Do you have a motive that's strong enough for your will to hang on to amidst these temptations in the modern world? You need that. And this this should provide that sense of every little action in your life you can unite by offering up and uniting to our, our Lady's Immaculate Heart's intentions, you know, and that can be a part of this mission, everything you do. Now, to be able to see your life like that and to actually unite those intentions more purely, we need to de- cultivate and develop this interior life so that we have this living, vital reality of that amidst, even in the darkness and dryness that it entails, you know, in our day-to-day life. If we don't have that living presence, it's going to be incredibly hard to see that in what often to, to a natural eye would seem just like the whole hum of daily life. But, you know, we should have this sense like, what, what does it mean when you're in a war? When you're in a campaign, you have a clear goal in mind and everything you do is working toward that end. And this is something that there's a book called Tribe that was written, just a secular book. It says in the liberal context, we've been isolated and that's led to a lot of ramifications. For example, look at men who go off to war and they come back and they have PTSD and they decide to think like 70% of men who have PTSD didn't even, they weren't even in combat. Why is it they had PTSD? It's because they had a sense of mission and they had unity with others on a mission before. And they come back to society and they're isolated and they have no purpose, which is crazy to think you can have such psychological ramifications. That's just on a secular level. You know, we as Catholics need to have a message and a living reality that, okay, we have, we we are on a mission and everything we do has this purpose, but you've got to be able to see that and and that's going to come from developing that interior life. No, well, thank you, Kevin. That's great. I'm actually really excited about watching this series and seeing the different things that you're going to share with us so that we can, you know, develop that concrete plan of life, deepen our interior life, have that mission, have that focus, start coming up with this plan so that each of us can be part of the solution that our lady brought to us at Fatima. You know, we each have to do our part. 
Hopefully everyone watching this is also pretty excited and uh, we'll look forward to as you start taking us down some of these steps to develop the interior life. Yeah, it's exciting, right? Yeah, Deo gracias. All glory to him. If people want to get in touch with you before we close, what can they do? Homepage, socapostola.org. We have our promo video on there. If you want to get some of our formation, and here's some of our uh, formation talks from a conference we did a year ago online, uh, that's soulofthepostolate.com. And then um, you can email me at kevin at socapostolate.org. And finally, we're on all the social media platforms. If you just type type in socapostolate or souls of the Christian apostolate, you can find us on there. And, of course, you'll be able to find Mr. Kevin Rorty here at the Fatima Center. We encourage you to subscribe at our YouTube channel, go to our website, send us your email if you want to keep getting updates. You'll see all the different things that we are doing, like the Rosary Booklet, the Brown Scapular Booklet. We're going to push, make a big push for the five first Saturdays as well, and really just living out every first Saturday, uh, giving you all these tools so that you can merit those graces that God is expecting of this world to gain the grace for the consecration of Russia. Please do continue to support us vitally with your prayers, with your penances, and with your donations. We need them to keep the Fatima Center working and appreciate every single penny and dollar that someone can, can send our way. May God bless you and reward you because he's never out there in generosity. We're getting ready here just being part of Mary's shock troops, if you will, as we go in the spiritual warfare. Looking forward to that, Kevin. Let's close with, with a Hail Mary. Name the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you all, and may God bless you. Thanks, David. God bless. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the spiritual life, the Catholic faith, and the message of Fatima, and to support our vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org or call us at 1-800-263-8160. May all we do be for the greater glory of God and the salvation of souls. All ye holy saints, pray for us. <laughs>